On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast, Stuart, Kai, and Ty give their two cents on the Leafs defense, Nikita Zaitsev, the Hall of Famers that got inducted this year, and introduce our first official sponsorship of the show. and welcome back to the hockey edition of the loose change podcast we're missing brain on this episode hopefully he has a great date um love corner was a success it looks like a hey, kai uh reasonably depends who depends how you measure it <laughs> uh, bad for the viewers <laughs> Stu, i'll start with you let's do a little vibe check how are you feeling with your team penguins fans Stu, how are we feeling with your two six and two in the last 10 games pittsburgh penguins well, if you uh, look at it from the point of view that they lost seven straight and then have points in their last three, like five of the six, um, things are looking up and they're going to beat the Leafs. We're recording this on Tuesday, so they're obviously going to beat the Leafs again tonight for the second time in, what, four days? How stupid is that? Is that this is the last time the Leafs and Penguins are going to play in the season? They played three times in a month. No, they they play end of November again, don't they? Oh, that's right. Yes, they play yeah, at the end of there's November. There's still a game coming up, but they play like November 28th again. <laughs> they play the three times time. in November, and then we won't see each other until next year. Yeah, I'm not loving the new schedule. Like the Canucks, for example, they're on their second Eastern road trip this year, and I feel like they've barely played any games in the division. Yeah, Pittsburgh actually, I think, has the yeah. one of the most away games too so far, and they've already had three back-to-backs. I'm not liking this new schedule. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. I miss my Battle of Ontario. I miss Montreal a few times a year, seeing Buffalo and Toronto. But I'll do a vibe check with you, Kai. How are we feeling about the four, nine, and three Vancouver Canucks who are on a three-game losing skid? We don't have to talk about them. Okay, we're just getting right <laughs> past that. <laughs> I hear there's some rumors about your captain leaving town. Are we going to skip that? Past yeah, that I mean... No, we don't have to skip past that. Uh, it's a shame Brain is not here for this conversation because I know he would have some opinions for sure. But you know, we all we all knew this when they re-signed Miller. They essentially were picking Miller over Horvat. No one came out and said that outright, but just basic math, they don't have space for two players. Because um, Bo was going to get basically what he got paid, right? Bo deserves to get paid. Eight and a half to nine million dollars. What's he and got he this season? Like fourteen goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, ridiculous. Like 12, he's he's having a great year. He's a great. Some pace for like seventy or something. Does it all? Everyone loves him, and the fact that we're gonna be stuck with Miller because we decided to sign him to that stupid deal is just a slap in the face. But with where the Canucks are at right now, I think that we hopefully learned from the whole Miller situation, and then just take what we can get for Horvat and then just commit to the tank. So for next season, then are you upset if Bo Horvat is on your team? Like because of the Miller contract or are you upset if they're, well, Oh my God. If, if if they re-sign Bo Horvat and I mean, I'm, how would they trade Miller? Like he has, his contract hasn't even started. So there's no way that you can trade him. Um, If both those guys are back, what something's got to give. The cap PD's can up, only go up, too up much. the year after that, and then, like, where where's the room going to come from? Um, so I mean, I just think practically you you have to make a move with one of those guys. 
Yeah, it's not even an option at this point. It feels like Bo is definitely out the door, and it just sucks. That's yeah, not. No, it's <laughs> like all positive energy is gone so quickly. Like I, I'm at the point right now where it's like, okay, I trade Demko. We're not going to oh, be good for like man. five years. This is so brutal. After such a fun off season where we thought Miller was going to go at the door and the ownership was actually committing to a rebuild, as nope. so they did in press conferences, anyways. <laughs> brutal. Yeah, that's all I would need to say about it, though. My Leafs right, might be back. My Leafs might be back. I'm not sure yet. They only have 19 points in 16 games, so that's not great. But they're somehow second in the division because all the other teams in the division outside of the Bruins also kind of not a great start. Like, look at Florida, Tampa. They're tied with Detroit and Montreal in points right now. So it's it feels early. I feel as though I overreacted a little bit when I was freaking out because I didn't realize that all these other teams were doing as bad as the Leafs are. Yeah, I mean, in your defense, I think it was a appropriate time to have a bit of a freak out. I mean, they fucking didn't show up against the Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> the Coyotes. Of all teams. You're not nervous at all about uh, two injuries to your defense at all, or do you want to get into that a little bit later? Or... Yeah, let's get into it now. So we're talking... Leafs a little bit. Leafs D muzzin out till February. At, the at least. And it sounds like he might not be back like ever. Who knows? Because Marner, when the injury originally happened, Marner even suggested in a press conference that it's more about his not his career, but his health as a person, mm-hmm. a father, and a friend. And when he starts saying that this early in the season, I'm like, oh, this guy's season might be over. We find out now that he's going to get surgery and can't do anything until February. I yeah. really worry about the guy. It's a lot of concussions that are bad a lot really quickly. A fractured in the spine, you know, has to get surgery for his neck and back area. Scares me, Kai. Oh, definitely. That's a, that's a very scary injury for a guy like that. And he's making uh, five and a half million. He's old. Like, Yeah. How many years does he have left? I think he's got two years left. I have to double check that, but yeah. he's got. It's not. He's not coming off at the end of this year. I don't. You that. really just can't mess around with those neck injuries. Um, but yeah, Leafs going forward here. Obviously, you need to make a move for a defenseman. As a Leaf fan, are you looking for a more like rough and tumble sort of defenseman? Or are you looking for a nice, uh, like silky smooth puck moving guy? So before we get into like who I want to get, because there's some guys for sure, I want to know, will we actually do that? Because Dubas comes out and says that he doesn't look to make a move in the short term. Maybe in the future he'll make a move, but as for right now, he wants to see what he's got. Isn't that kind of waiting for the problem to occur? Like You're kind of yeah. hoping a solution arises from what, Mete or Jordy Ben? I don't think that's going to happen. So I worry about them not making a move, but they should make a move right away. Let's go get Nikita Zaitsev. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have they said how long? Because Brody got is on IR and eight as well. Have they said how long like he's expected to be out for? Two to three weeks. Okay, so not too bad. But... They can survive that two to three weeks. But, you know, with Muzzin out, and Brody, this two, three weeks is going to be a prime example of what the Leafs defense could be one injury away in the playoffs, right? So I think at this point, we need to look to improve the top four. We can't go and fishing for a Mete or a Jordy Ben anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's go get someone good. And 
you look across the league, which teams really have that that are going to be looking to move someone? I'm not really sure. Like, do we look at the Blues? Are the Blues someone that can lose someone there from their defense roster? Maybe yeah, a Tory I mean, Krug. I'm not sure what the maybe money situation a Tory is. Krug, like a Justin Falk. Um, one guy I'm looking at is Gosses Spear. The Arizona I, Coyotes sending another defenseman over our way. We got Ilya Labushkin last year. Yeah, last last year of his contract. I mean, I think he's a genuinely good player. Yeah. I wonder because I know Pittsburgh is looking to move a defenseman. I don't mean to tie it to Pittsburgh, but. They're looking to move like Brian Dumoulin, which I feel like would fit kind of like Jake Muzzin ask. I feel like they should look to move him anyways, because he's looked piss poor, like from Pittsburgh's perspective. But right. from that same point, why would Toronto trade for defense when that's looked like shit? Just because they kind of plays like the guy that's got injured. But I'm just looking at people on expiring contracts for next season, and there's not many good ones, to be honest, like defense-wise, or ones that I could, I guess, even see getting moved. What like, what could happen for the Leafs? is this emergence of Timothy Lilligren, though, who is back, and he is actually looking really good. I think maybe he and Giordano could become the second line, could mm-hmm. become the Justin Hall um, Muzzin line. But as of right now, they have Sandine at practice, practicing on the third line with Lilligren. I kind of like that. I remember years ago, I liked that as the top line of the least defense of the future. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how they play together yeah and i mean for that reason it's it's kind of easy to see what dubis was saying um like you might as well see what you got with these young guys um it's not the playoffs so two to three weeks in november is kind of a good opportunity to see what you have with these young guys and then obviously if they underperform then you know that you have to maybe potentially overpay to get some help one person I've been worried about, though, is Riley. Because of the Muzzin injury, Brody's been split up from him a lot this year. And I feel yeah. as though Brody was covering up a lot of his warts and let Riley be the offensive defenseman that he is. Braden was pointing this out last episode. The contract. Oh, my God. That's a long time. We're paying him until, like, 2030 or something. What, what was the contract again? It was It was this past summer, right? That's right. It was like seven and a half million for eight years. Oof. Oof is right. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that's going to go in the future. Hopefully the cap goes up a bunch and the Leafs win a cup so we don't have to worry about it. But at this point, Morgan Riley needs to step up his game. And I love Morgan, so I'm not going to call him out yet. It's only November 15th. But with Brody out, Muzzin out, we are looking towards Riley to carry a Jordy Ben line at the top as the top line. I need Riley to carry it, and he hasn't so far. We'll see, though. I'm clearly in a better mood than I was about my lease this episode than last. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, your superstars are playing like them, though. Exactly. So, you don't have to worry about that. Enough about my lease, though. Let's talk about some of the best players that have ever graced the game. Some of the best players that have ever graced Canadian hockey teams. They were inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame this week. And Mm -hmm. with the NHL world, honestly, in mid-November, there's not much going on besides this. So let's talk about the story of the week. And that was the Sedins, Alfie, a bunch of these guys going in. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the Sedins if you want, Kai. I know you love them. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the Sedins because I will say um, last week 
Canucks retired, Bieksa, uh, no, Bieksa retired a Canuck. So we had that, and then we had the Sedins inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like, these are two big stories with Luongo as well that have, as a Canuck fan, sort of been a little bit of a silver lining, a little bit of a feel-good story in a season that desperately needs something to cheer for and feel good about. Yeah, I'd um, say. Sure, it's not on the ice, and end of the day, my team sucks, but <laughs> at least it's a good opportunity to talk about better times and look back on like childhood experiences, childhood memories, rewatching some highlights that I remember seeing as a kid. It's just a cool experience. Those guys, and then, oh my god, like, do those guys look a day older than they did 10 years ago? No, no, they look the same as they did when yeah. they signed their first contract extension, actually. They just have the facial hair. One, That's literally the one. only difference. Oh, man. How about that commercial that was going around of way back <laughs> in the day of them being twins? They got to bring back that style of, like, comedy, man. Like, that was peak NHL. Yes. Was Gary still commissioner then? I think he was, but uh, I feel so uh, the NHL stars are not as fun. I, I see some shorts of like the Leafs. They'll and Matthews and Riley dressed up and go to Tim Hortons as a little gag. And I'm just cringing, honestly, as a viewer. Not everyone I mean, can like, be Trevor It's Zegers. not like the Sedins are the most entertaining guys either. Like, no, there's something but they were able, they were them, able though. to pull something together there. Um, but yeah, again, obviously the Sedins, two best players in Canucks franchise history. Um, each of them won an Art Ross. Hank won a won a Hart. Daniel won a Ted Lindsay. Both of them won King Clancy Awards. They were together with Alfredson to win a gold medal in 2006. So very established and impressive like international um, resume as well. I'm not sure if you guys have anything you want to say as I kind of fans. as a non-Canuck fan. I'm curious to know your opinion. Who was who had the better or the best season? Obviously, both of them had great years. Mm-hmm. Some had better years than that. But what's the peak Sedine, and which one was the peak Sedine? I think that. Oh, what what year was it? Shoot, <laughs> I think Daniel had the peak Sedine year in 2010, 2011, where he won the Ted Lindsay and Art Ross, but then got snubbed for the Hart because Corey Perry won that year. Yeah, that's I th- bullshit I think, media voting or for you right I there. I think of any senior, I think that was the best because I know Henrik won the Art Ross in 2009. 2010. Ooh, okay. So Henrik had a 112 point season with 83 assists, and then Daniel had a 104 point season with 41 goals. So it's like kind of. <laughs> Lower points for Daniel, but more goals. I think I'd put more weight on that. And as like like Daniel had four seasons where he scored more than thirty goals, so him scoring forty one year was like he was on fire. Luongo, that was also a guy that got inducted into the hall. Mm-hmm. What a what a goaltender! You just brought up in the pre-show, he didn't win one Vesna though. That's so surprising to me because he was an elite goalie, a top five goalie for it seems like a decade. Yeah. Top five goalie for a decade for sure. Like it's it's hard for me to find somewhere how many times he was like a finalist for the Vesna. Um, 
but he never won the award himself. So that's that's too bad. I'm sure he has a lot of regrets over that himself. But Luongo, like, what a guy. Such a good guy in the community. So funny. Best Twitter personality that we have right now in, in the hockey community. Um, yeah, just you got to love him. In his career, 489 wins total. Do you consider him as, like, one of the best goalies of all time where you rank him top three, top five? Uh, yeah, I have a hard time, like, picking a top five goalie. I know we've talked about kind of that before in, like, a previous podcast. But, I don't know, he definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame in my eyes. I think the stat that impressed me the most about Luongo, right, I think it's just the coolest, is leading two different franchises in wins. Mm-hmm. I think that's sick. Like, Panthers and Canucks, he's their all-time leader in wins. And I just think that's super cool. And By, like, by a wide margin, too. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to think of any other goalie that's ever going to do that again. Um, I guess Flurry. Does he hold the Golden Knights record? Does he? Is he high up in the Penguins? He might be there. I think he's high up on the Penguins. I think Luongo ha- is a great, hmm, like a great bar for the Hall of Fame. He didn't win a cup. He never won a Vesna. But as if you're talking goaltenders in the Hall, longevity matters. Mm-hmm. And he was good for that long in a position that I've been quoted is voodoo and bullshit. The fact that he was consistent for that long. I'm not going to worry about the lack of cups. He has a couple gold medals on him. And mm-hmm. like you said, Kai, the best Twitter personality in all of hockey. So you have to put him in the hall, at least for his online interactions. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can sit here and we talk about uh, like Broder, Patrick Waugh. How many goalies played for 20 years? And were, like, good for 20 years? And, like, good for 20 years. Like, 20 years of being, like, a starter. It's probably a short list, and Luongo's mm-hmm. on that list. Yeah. So what do you guys I... think of um, Alfie oh, no. as a player making it into the hall? He's a player that played 1,200 games. That's longevity for you, too. He was good for a large portion of it. 1,150 points. Doesn't have a lot of awards on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Leadership awards, giving back to the community awards, but mm-hmm. not a lot of hardware elsewhere. Are we starting to see this wave where hardware meets less and it's more about impact? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can draw a lot of parallels to Alfredson with Luongo and the Steens there where none of them won a cup. Um, sure, they all played on great teams at one point in their uh, one point in their career in the NHL and they all won Olympic gold medals, but yeah, he was never a top ten NHL player at one point in his career. I don't think. Like, I don't. I don't think there was a point where he was a top ten player in the league. I agree. He was but Ottawa's his, best player for some time. Yeah, for sure. But not even their best players. Some years, like Spezza was some years, yeah. and so was Heatley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did finish his career fifty six on the all time points list. That's probably higher than I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. For Alfredson, so I can definitely wow. see why he got in. And over you know, a thousand points, you know, once you being get over a captain a thousand for points, as long as he was too, has mm-hmm. to help. Like he led that Ottawa team for a long time. Yeah, and I I think that work in the community is going to be a big thing that the Hall of Fame is looking at from now on. That's another thing that's uh like a common characteristic of everyone that got inducted. All very involved in the community big involvement with charities um just 
all genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. And I think with everything that's going on in hockey recently, yeah, that might have been a factor. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a great point. None of these guys have baggage. Yeah, these guys are held in very high standards in the community. Everyone loves the Sedins. If you found out this, like, Sedins were trending on Twitter, you would have no worry. You know, <laughs> you know that he, they did nothing. They probably donated yeah, two million to a children's hospital. Yeah. yeah, what what's Daniel up to? The twins at it again. Also, I want to touch on a player that I never really watched because I was born in 1998. But Salming for the Leafs, he's a Leafs legend. I've been told stories from generations above me that he was the guy, the most talented player they had, skated skate effortless, effortlessly, was the Eric Carlson before Eric Carlson, mm-hmm. and led the way for a lot of Swedish people to join the NHL. Apparently, he was one of the first Swedish superstars. This is all news to me, but wasn't shout he, out Salmin. Wasn't he like the one of the first like European players in the NHL? Like the ones to really mm. crack it. There was ones yeah. that had a yeah. You know, sorry, like the ones to really coffee. make a difference. That's mm-hmm. right. So shout out him. If if not for him, we wouldn't have Willie Nylander today. Yeah, and I mean, what is what a touching moment eh, on the over the weekend. Yeah, that oh, was an a ovation. great moment to watch. Wow. Just on that too, like it was in Toronto where they're introducing all these guys because like where the Hockey Hall of Fame is too. I'm I'm glad Alfredson got cheered. In a weird way, like in Toronto, oh, even though he was a leaf killer, just like a little bit a worried huge, for a second, a huge yeah. pest. Yeah, but I'm glad that after people's careers are over, I guess at least some of the fans can move on and actually appreciate what the guy did. Yeah, that would be so embarrassing. <laughs> <Can you> imagine, <laughs> I think fans are good at doing that at appreciating people that are truly competitors and hating them for that, like. There's a difference between hating Tom Wilson for being a little scumbag and hating <laughs> Daniel Alfredson for killing my Leafs over and over and over again for a decade and a half. Yeah. I mean, to touch on Salming, he had a lot of points. I don't know if you guys know how many points he actually oh. had for a defenseman. 768 in one, like 1,099 games on the Leafs. Like, that's pretty good for a defenseman. Why'd you throw in on the Leafs? Is that... Like he played one impressive. year on the De- he played one year on Detroit. Oh, you're saying like as a leaf? He- yeah, as yeah, a leaf. okay. I- His I- final season was on Detroit, so I was just like, oh, I'll just ignore that. You know, it doesn't count. He played one year, same as Alfredson. Their last season just being on a- the Detroit Red Wings for some reason. Maybe it's a Swedish thing. What a mistake by Alfie because Babcock was still the coach for the Red Wings back then. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Oh, I feel like we should talk about sides up though. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, Kai, what's the deal with Nikita Zaitsev, who is on waivers and yeah. no one claimed him? Well, I mean, you kind of set the stage there. But the main start of this is that he sucks. <laughs> he does suck. <laughs> hence, hence why he's on waivers and no one claimed him. Um, <laughs> so he's not a good hockey player. He's overpaid. And I think after a few years of being with the Ottawa Senators, uh, he's an unpopular player, to say the is least. He- his dad is talking mad shit online, and it is awesome. So people across the sickos community, all Senators fans I refer to as sickos because they're sick people for being Senators fans all these years, <laughs> they often blame Zaitsev through memes, saying every time there's a goal scored, they look at like a picture of Nikita Zaitsev. It's him that's on the ice. They basically think 
he's their punching bag and they hate Zaitsev. So Zaitsev dad comes and DMs all these people posting these memes. I'm going to paraphrase. He basically said, go fuck yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. Nikita Zaitsev would kill you. Where? What's your address? <laughs> Say it to me in the face. Say it to me in the streets. He basically said that to multiple meme accounts. And I want to highlight that there are meme accounts. Like there's frogs in the display picture. And he's DMing <laughs> these people all mad. Which is like valiant of his dad, I guess, to do uh, that. He's like, oh, yeah. my son's getting shit on. Let me uh, defend his I, honor. I, but I, guess. I don't think he understands what we're <laughs> doing I, here. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's that's. I'm not sure what it's like in Russia, but I feel like every Canadian sport, Canadian uh, hockey team at the very least has like meme accounts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, Canucks got Mr. Booth. I'm not sure what Toronto has. Uh, we have like, a few. I, yeah. yeah, but it's like, you know, you have these accounts that you know not to take them seriously. Have you guys ever looked at Nikita Zaitsev's hockey reference page? They have the section on, like, appearances on leaderboards, awards, and honors, and he only has two listed. So in games played, he was tied for first in 2016-2017 because he played all 82. And then he's up on the leaderboards for total goals on ice against. In 2016-17, he was eight on for the eighth most goals against. And 2020, 2021, he was on for the ninth more goal, ninth most goals against in the league. And that's all he has listed. Why is that under the awards tab? That's so <laughs> shady. What the <laughs> hell? That's not fair. <laughs> that, uh, no, it's not. I can't believe it's just showing the trade too. Uh, right underneath it, traded by the Toronto Maple Leafs with Connor Brown and uh, uh, to the Ottawa Senators for a third. And the Cody CC basically. I can't believe they got out of that. The Leafs got a third. The Leafs got a third. The Leafs and got Cody a CC. third. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's one of the best Dubas steals of all time. <laughs> well, Stu, add it to my do not bet list. If Nikita Zaitsev is in the center's lineup, I will not bet on the center's. And that brings us actually to. Our first ever podcast partnership, a legit spot sponsorship. We've made jokes a couple times before that we're sponsored by like orange juice, but this time we're legit sponsored by Betstamp. It is basically, in a few words, the Expedia of sports betting. It's an app where it compares the odds you can get at different sports books, tells you which book to go place your bet on. If you want to waste your money betting on bad odds you can do that or you can download betstamp using code loose change referral code loose change when you sign up for betstamp l-o-o-s-e-c-h-a-n-g-e you know isn't that crazy how so, oh, so how you spell loose, loose change okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were doing a bit you just i wasn't doing a bit. i was actually just couldn't spell our referral code which is loose change <laughs> oh no but download betstamp using code loose change i uh, i want to talk future bets because this is where you can actually get a lot of value on some bets and this is our betting corner of the show or little gambling segment that we'll be doing at the end of each show boston bruins to win the atlantic division in the regular season not talking playoffs here they got a good lead right now they're up nine points in the division and mm -hmm. I know we're only 15 games in, but nine points is tough to make up. They have a lot of good teams in the division, but they're 9-0 and at home. I think Boston Bruins 
to win the division might be the best bet around. Stu, if you're going to go bet on this at BetStamp, what odds are we looking at? So for uh, this is for Ontario sports books that we're looking at. Sure. Um, just because where we're based, the uh, the best odds you can get for that is a uh, fan duel of minus 105 for Boston to win the Atlantic division in the regular season. Where if you compare that to some other sports books, like DraftKings has it at a minus 160. Mm. Like that's a huge swing in how much money you're betting or would like profiting. If I mean, yeah, for example, yeah. to win 50 bucks, you'd have to bet $80 on DraftKings. You bet 53 bucks, you win 50 on FanDuel. So it's definitely worth taking a look. This is how you make money gambling. This is how a degenerate spends his time on betting sites. Mm-hmm. If you can save $5 here, $5 there, that adds up, baby. That's, That's the name of the game you can place. Gambling. Download yeah. Betstamp, use the referral code. Let's make some money. Go Bruins. Let's make some money. I mean, if there's a team to bet on in the future, right? It's got to be the Bruins. If we're talking top to bottom, they got McAvoy coming back. Their forwards yeah. are banging. Their goalies apparently are, have figured it out. Stuart, you mentioned that Allmark has an 11 1 record to start the season, which is a Boston Bruins franchise record yeah, for I'm a goalie. I'm pretty sure it's a franchise record for best start to a season for a goalie. Like, it's their season. You that's might as an well old just. team, too. Mm-hmm. You might it's as well make some money off team. of it. Yeah. Get it now while it's hot. So, yeah, that's our bet of the day. Bet the Bruins to win the division at minus 105 on FanDuel. Thank you, BetStamp, for finding that odd for us. Mm-hmm. And, guys, thanks you so much for joining us. Please leave a review if you can. On Apple Podcasts, we're looking low on reviews. Spotify, we've got. I don't think there's really a review button, but you can put five stars. Leave five-star review there. The App Store, leave five stars. Anywhere you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate it a lot.